This CosmicReality.com presentation is sponsored by MysticalWares.com. Is there something wrong? Warning! Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to Saturday's edition of the Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 7th of May 2022, and the title of today's show is Trump Rally, Abortion War, White Hats or Black Hats, Durham Wins. And um, just before I go into the meat of the show, I just want to remind people that... Um, the online virtual premiere of 2000 Mules is tonight and you can get tickets at 2000mules.com, I think it is. I've already got mine ordered, ready. So um, we've already heard some re remarks about this. I covered uh, something on Wednesday from Kanakoa, I think it was, about the um, content of the, the documentary and it really is being viewed by people as being unchallengeable evidence of the election being rigged, which, of course, we've all known. So just a reminder, if you're interested in watching it, uh, you can do that tonight. It starts at um, 8 p.m. Eastern, so it'll be 5 p.m. for me here on Arizona time. So, first of all, uh, Gateway Pundit, very kindly has put together some key excerpts from President Trump's speech in Pennsylvania. His rally was last night. I haven't had a chance to watch it, so I'm happy that uh, Gateway Pundit have done this for me. Exclusive key excerpts from President Trump's speech tonight in Pennsylvania. Biden didn't get votes. He got ballots. The only way they win is to cheat in elections. President Trump spoke tonight in a torrential downpour in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, in front of thousands of MAGA supporters. President Trump's message is excellent. Below are some excerpts from his speech. Earlier this week, our movement had a series of blockbuster victories in Ohio and Indiana. We nominated an amazing group of MAGA patriots to fight for us in November, including future U.S. Senator J.D. Vance. In fact, every single candidate that I endorsed won their primaries on Tuesday. They went 22 and 0. Tuesday's primary results are just the latest proof that we have transformed the face of the Republican Party. We are now the Working People's Party. We believe in putting America first and we are going to keep on fighting to make America great again. Under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world with virtually no inflation. 
Biden created the worst inflation in 40 years and going higher, which is costing families nearly $6,000 a year, bigger than any tax increase ever proposed. Joe Biden and the radical left have turned calm into chaos, competence into incompetence, stability into anarchy, prosperity into poverty, and security into catastrophe. Meanwhile, we have a president who has no idea what is happening, who's shaking hands with the air while Putin talks about nuclear weapons. Once and for all, Joe Biden should put the question to rest by taking a cognitive test and releasing the results for the entire world to see, just like I did. As you saw a short time ago, in Dinesh D'Souza's incredible new documentary, 2000 Mules, Biden didn't get votes, he got ballots. And um, just as an aside, they actually showed the documentary at the rally before um, the speakers started. Illegal aliens are pouring in by the millions and the Biden administration is loading them on airplanes and buses and bringing them to communities like Scranton and Allentown in Pennsylvania. It's an invasion aided and abetted by our own government. When Republicans retake Congress, we should immediately pass legislation to ban the federal government from unloading plane loads of illegal aliens in American communities without your consent. Our country is full. In addition to illegal immigration, Biden has blown out the refugee cap by 800%, including bringing tens of thousands of unvetted, unscreened foreign nationals from Afghanistan. Republicans should vote to restore my strong policy prohibiting refugee resettlement without the approval of local governments. Democrats are the party of crime, chaos and death. Republicans are the party of law, order and life. If you want to make our country safer for violent criminals, vote for the radical Democrats. If you want to make it safer for your family, your children... And for law-abiding Americans, you must vote Republican. One of our highest priorities will be to crack down on left-wing censorship and restore free speech in America. We will immediately terminate Joe Biden's so-called disinformation governing board, a chilling and un-American power grab that we will not allow to stand. The radical left Democrat party is not a 50% party within our country. They're against God, guns, oil, law enforcement, voter ID, the Constitution and the founding fathers. The only way they win is to cheat in elections. In 2016, we won Pennsylvania in a landslide. Then from 2016 to 2020, Republicans outregistered Democrats in Pennsylvania 21 to 1 which is why on election night we were up by more than 650,000 votes. Incidentally, um, one of the things, uh, reasons for Trump's rally in Pennsylvania was to continue his endorsement of Dr. Oz. And apparently um, that got some boos from the crowd. There's a lot of um, Trump followers questioning his sanity in um or his discernment in nominating or endorsing, I should say, Dr. Oz. And this relates to, you know, is, is he a black hat? Who is a white hat? I'm going to cover that in a few minutes, looking at both Elon Musk and Dr. Oz.
Before I do, I just want to talk about this disinformation board, you know, the Ministry of Truth, because Mallorca's was in Congress being um, interrogated by people like uh, Ram Paul and so on. And um, interestingly, 20 attorneys general are demanding Mallorca's disband this disinformation board and threaten a lawsuit. Just the news reports on this. Uh, Virginia Attorney General Jason Myaris led the coalition of attorneys general sending a letter. Twenty attorneys general are demanding that Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas immediately disband the agency's newly created disinformation governance board and cease all efforts to police Americans' protected speech. This was yesterday. In a letter dated May the 5th, they argue the board is unconstitutional, illegal and un-American. If Mayorkas doesn't shut it down, the AGs say they will sue. Virginia Attorney General Jason Mayaris led the coalition of attorneys general from Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. They expressed alarm after learning of the board after Mayorkas announced its creation in his testimony before the U.S. House Appropriations Subcommittee on Homeland Security. I'm going to leave that there. I want to cover other things as well. So let's take a look at this Dr. Oz situation. As I said, there's a lot of... Uh, Patriots up in arms about this endorsement by Trump. Can't understand why on earth he would do that. And some people have speculated that it, he could be doing the same thing with Dr. Oz as he did with Fauci, putting him out into the spotlight to really re reveal who he really is. And interestingly, um, he's actually losing in the polls to Kathy Barnett. And many of the uh, Patriots are supporting Kathy. So let me cover this article, which is Pompeo holds presser stating U.S. Senate candidate Dr. Oz is a threat to national security. Now, this is really interesting. This is from We Love Trump. Given that Pompeo is working very closely still with um, with Trump, and this was recent, this was 21 hours ago, according to my uh, browser. Um, this is interesting that he should actually put this out just at, at the same time as Trump holds this rally to endorse Dr. Oz. So theatrics again, optics, I'm not sure. Anyway... The article says former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo held an alarming press conference in the state of Pennsylvania. During the press conference, the former CIA director and former Secretary of State warned Pennsylvania voters that Dr. Oz voted in Turkey's elections and works for state entities in the country. Dr. Oz currently holds dual citizenship in the United States and Turkey. Pompeo's comments come on the same day Trump is set to endorse Oz for the U.S. Senate. Ultra Pozo, which is Jack Posobiec, tweets, Breaking former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo 
is holding a press conference this morning outlining national security concerns of Dr. Oz's relations to the government of Turkey, including security clearance, working for state entities and voting in Turkish elections. And this was originally from the New York Post, and it says former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Friday alleged that Republican U.S. Senate candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz may be a security threat if he is elected to office. Oz received the endorsement of former President Donald Trump ahead of the May 17th Republican primary in Pennsylvania, but many Trump administration veterans, including Pompeo, back businessman David McCormick. Pompeo, a former CIA director and ex-Kansas congressman, said that Oz, who holds dual citizenship, must explain his relationship with Turkey's government, citing Oz's decision to vote in Turkish elections as recently as 2018 and his work with Turkish Airlines. Maybe it's all innocent, maybe it's all straight up, but we and the people of Pennsylvania and the Americans who he will be representing as one of a 100 members of the U.S. Senate voting on important national security matters need to understand the scope and depth of his relationship with the Turkish government, Pompeo said. Besides his questionable ties to Turkey, Dr. Oz has liberal views on abortion. Uh, The Hill didn't stay silent on Pompeo's comments either. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo raised concerns about the ties Mehmet Oz, former President Trump's endorsed candidate in the Pennsylvania Senate race, has to Turkey in a press conference, or a press briefing, sorry, arranged by Oz's chief opponent in the race. Pompeo, who's supporting Oz's rival David McCormick, in the Keystone State, held the briefing the same day Trump is expected to stump in Pennsylvania for Oz. The briefing was first advertised by the McCormick campaign. The former Secretary of State, who served under Trump, said McCormick is a patriot, unlike Oz, whom Pompeo accused of having ties to the Turkish government. The briefing marks a notable escalation by Pompeo, who has fueled speculation in recent months that he's mulling a presidential run in 2024. Trump is also widely expected to mount another White House bid. Dave would make an extraordinary United States senator, Pompeo said during the briefing. We criticize American candidates all the time because they didn't vote, Pompeo said. This is different from that. Not only did he not engage in the American process, but he engaged in the Turkish political process. That raises in my mind a lot of judgments about his priority. ABC News first reported Wednesday that Oz, who holds Turkish citizenship, voted in Turkey's 2018 election despite previously saying he was never politically involved in the country in any capacity. His campaign spokesperson, Brittany Yannick, confirmed to ABC that Oz had voted in the election, but denied that the vote amounted to political involvement. Dr. Oz fundraising text today off of the abortion decision. I'm not afraid to say it, the court is right. Chip in now to support life. Dr. Oz in 2019, I'm really worried that overturning Roe would harm women's health a big-time concern. 
So obviously a contradiction there between his previous stance and what he thinks is going to be popular with Republican voters today. So let's continue on this subject of abortion. And part of my abortion war title is that we are seeing this become a major issue between um, pro-lifers and pro-choicers. Earlier this week, X-22 included a segment in his video from Julian's Rum. And Julian's Rum is on Telegram, if you're interested in following him. The abortion plot thickens. Ukraine is the centre of fetal stem cell therapies at the National Medical Centre of Ukraine. And there's a flourishing international trade in stem cells. And talks about a baby factory in Ukraine. I haven't got all the details on this. But he is saying that Putin, in his uh, invasion of Ukraine, is going to be exposing everything. And, you know, one of the things about this, and I've been saying this alongside many others, is we really are in a spiritual war here. And I shared some of my opinions on abortion on Wednesday. I am, but what I am absolutely against is this demonic later term abortion that literally dismembers babies in the womb. And uh, it, it just is so horrifying to even think about it. So um, obviously the debate has really heated up because of the leaking of the Supreme Court uh, draft opinion piece by the majority voters. Um, they were in favour of um, overturning Roe v. Wade by a majority of five to four. And I've got a little something on that. But I just want to pick up on what I was saying about Dr. Oz and what Pompeo and the like were saying about Dr. Oz. And this is from the post-millennial. And it was published on the 5th. Pennsylvania Senate candidate Kathy Barnett, who I've already said is leading in the polls, reveals she was born out of rape. Kathy Barnett challenged Mehmet Oz, saying, I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. My father was 21. I was not just a lump of cells. Kathy Barnett, running for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, spoke with strength about her origins in a debate on Wednesday evening. Her mother, she said, was only 11 years old when she was raped by a man 10 years her senior. Barnett was the result of that rape and her gratitude to her mother for carrying her and giving her life was clear. Whether this was a leak or whether this was a tactical operation, we will soon figure out, she said, in response to a question about the recent unprecedented leak of a draft majority opinion from the Supreme Court that could overturn Roe v. Wade. One thing is clear, I'm so very grateful that our nation is now having a very important conversation and that is the most important conversation, that is about life. I am the byproduct of rape, she said. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived, my father was 21. I was not just a lump of cells, as you can see, I'm still not just a lump of cells. My life has value and that is one of the reasons why it was so very disturbing when I saw Mame at Oz, 
who is also running for Senate in the state and shared the stage Wednesday night with Barnett running for this particular race. Barnett said she had seen Oz on numerous occasions, including on podcast The Breakfast Club, where in 2019 he said that six weeks into a woman's pregnancy, a baby's heart is just a cell with little electrical charges. Oz is a surgeon who has performed operations on infants. And the other thing is this whole thing about heart beating, Oz said at the time. I mean, there are electrical changes at six weeks, but the heart's not beating. If you were to say, starting when we can hear the heart, like when the heart's really doing something, that'd be different. That's not six weeks, though. Barnett asked Oz if he had changed his position on that. Oz did not say whether he had or had not changed his view, but said one of the toughest endorsements you could ever get is from your mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is an ordained minister. She wrote a lot of the pro-life literature in Montgomery County where we live, and she certainly understands that I'm pro-life. As a heart surgeon, I've operated on small children a few days old and witnessed the majesty of their hearts pounding blood, even though it's ill because I'm operating not to those bodies. I would never think of harming that child or even nine months earlier because life starts at conception, Oz said. In her closing statements, Barnett spoke directly to the people of Pennsylvania, saying, I am you, Pennsylvania, and like you, I believe this is the greatest country that has ever existed. But like you, I believe our country is in trouble. I believe that America, that allowed me to claw my way out of dire poverty, is about to come to a close. This time, you do not have to hold your nose to vote for the lesser of two evils. I am in a statistical tie for first place, so voting for me is not throwing your vote away. Listen, go to my Facebook page by Kathy Barnett for Senate and you will see exactly what I'm doing today that I will amp up tomorrow after this race. You will see me in rooms full of black people changing their voter registration from Democrat to Republican. You will see me downtown and Chinatown. They are mine. You will see people ushering me in in front of a room full of Amish people, with them introducing me as someone with their values. Not only do I have a grasp on our own base, but I can go into every nook and cranny and take the votes that we need in order to really be better than in the general election. So let's go do this. Barnett received a massive round of applause after these remarks. So, powerful woman. And just to vi finish on the abortion subject, Epoch Times reports Clarence Thomas delivers a message to Roe v. Wade leaker, and this was published today. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas on Friday defended judicial independence, arguing that government institutions mustn't allow themselves to be strong-armed into delivering outcomes that people demand, according to news outlets. Thomas made the remarks at a May 6th judicial conference in Atlanta where he was asked by a moderator to, di to discuss the biggest threats to judicial independence, according to Law 360. In his response, Thomas decried what he described as an erosion of respect for the High Court and made an apparent reference to protests that erupted after the leak of a draft Supreme Court opinion suggesting the court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade with major implications for access to abortion. He said that as a society we are becoming addicted to wanting particular outcomes, 
not living with the outcomes we don't like, according to Reuters. We can't be an institution that can be bullied into giving you just the outcomes you want. The events from earlier this week are a symptom of that, he added. A flurry of protests and counter-protests broke out outside the Supreme Court after Politico obtained and published the draft opinion that would uphold a Mississippi law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy and overturn the Roe v. Wade decision that legalised abortion nationwide. The protests have been loud but mostly peaceful, though there have been reports that pro-abortion activists attacked pro-life pastors. In a bid to prevent violence, police have now surrounded the Supreme Court with a set of nine-foot-high metal barricades, with an officer telling an Epoch Times reporter that the move was just in case. Incidentally, these this um, barrier around the Supreme Court was actually up virtually the same time as this Politico leak um, was published. And there were even protesters outside the Supreme Court with um, professionally published placards there as well. So it definitely leads one to believe that this was a complete setup that, uh, you know, a bit like what happened on January 6th. So, continuing on, speaking at the 11th Circuit Judicial Conference, a gathering of lawyers and judges, Thomas referred several times to the unfortunate events of the past week, bemoaning declining respect for institutions and the rule of law. It bodes ill for a free society, he said, according to the Washington Post. It can't be that institutions give you only the outcome you want or can be bullied into submission. Thomas also expressed concern about a different attitude of the young towards respect for institutions and the law, suggesting this is on the decline relative to past generations, as cited by the outlet. The Supreme Court has confirmed the authenticity of the draft opinion, but called it preliminary. A ruling on the case is expected in June. So let's take a look at the Musk, Elon Musk situation. And one thing that I wanted to just say to begin with is X-22 was saying that Devin Nunes had said Trump encouraged Musk to buy Twitter. Musk actually tweeted a rebuttal that it wasn't true. He'd never spoken to Trump. And of course, Trump is saying... He's just going to stay on Truth Social and not return to Twitter. So Forbidden Knowledge TV put out a report. This is going back a few days, May the 1st. Um, but the, the question is, and this is the title, is, is Elon Musk a free speech hero? The day after the announcement last week of Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, Michael McKibben and Douglas Gabriel talked about how Elon Musk is yet another one of these cardboard cutouts who, like Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Be Bezos, Peter Thiel, John McAfee and Mike Bloomberg, etc., etc., are cultivated by the deep state to privatise taxpayer-funded government technology and that the tech giants are just privatised arms of the globalist intelligence apparatus. McKibben says that the idea that Elon is going to rescue us and restore our free speech is kabuki theatre and a complete psychological operation. He has been a psyop since the early 2000s, and we've watched him roam around in the PayPal mafia, 
And then in 2008, Obama started feeding him cash and he got into the energy stimulus and then magically he got into the space program and then Tesla. Several times over the course of their research, McKibben's team have been floored by discoveries about how the world actually works in the spheres of high finance, governments and telecommunications. McKibben is the founder of Leader Technologies and has been engaged in massive forensic research to produce indictable evidence for his case against Facebook. He claims his 1999 white paper with his revolutionary source code for the scalability of social media fell into Zuckerberg's hands while the latter was attending Harvard as a classmate of his son. The verdict in McKibben's case against Facebook said that Facebook had infringed on his patent, but that the patent was invalid due to an obscure law. He found that SpaceX's portfolio included technology originally developed by a British company called Surrey Satellite Technology, SSTL, and which had been sold to EADS Astrium, a European aerospace conglomerate that includes Matra Marconi Space and Airbus Space Defence and Systems. In 2006, he says British Aerospace, BAE, announced a partnership with SSTL, which McKibben says is the classic interlocking model that the Pilgrim Society has been using to structure businesses for over a century, putting these businesses under the control of the British Crown through their golden shares. Our special relationship... The Crown's monopoly on British military technology was privatised in the 1970s, much of it in deals shepherded by Sir Geoffrey Patty. While public shares of these companies were issued, the Crown's golden shares kept control of the company in their hands. He says this is how SpaceX came under the control of the British Crown, as did General Electric and Lockheed Martin. He also notes another announcement that BAE Systems and this SSTL, which is SpaceX, have done a joint venture with NASA and the US Department of Defense. For the past several years, McKibben has been unearthing the filings of public-private partnerships between US and UK government agencies and corporations that reveal the true nature of our so-called special relationship. He's found that the British Crown appears to both direct and shill for BAE, Lockheed Martin, DOD, U.S. State Department, U.S. Patent Office, U.S. Commerce Department, USAID, HHS, DOE, NSA, CIA, FBI, DOJ, Gates Foundation, Wall Street and Silicon Valley, and that much of this implemented via members of the Senior Executive Service and CERCO. Most Americans are lulled by a sense that the British power structure is friendly to the people of the US. Great pains have been taken over a long period of time to promote this idea, from Hollywood films to the marriage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But if we look closer, we find that a lot of the psychological warfare being waged against the US populace via the mainstream media, ranging from the Russia hoax and endless coup against Trump, to allegations of Syrian President Assad's gas attacks, to the entire Covid psyop and the war in Ukraine, have all been executed by British intelligence or their contractors. The seemingly tinfoil hat notion that the US lost the war for freedom from British rule, 
during the War of 1812 and that the Crown dictates policy and almost everything else in both countries was probably first explained in detail by Dr John Coleman, author of the 1992 book The Conspirator's Hierarchy, The Committee of 300, which I read the year it was released and that you can read for free here. Obviously, there's a link there. Elon's free speech equals social credit system. McKibben continues. Then we look at yesterday's disclosure of the sale of Twitter to Elon Musk and what we see is a smoking gun inside that description of the deal. They've put out a lot of very good propaganda that's got everybody fooled that Elon Musk is going to come in and save free speech in America. One of the things that's in there is they are going to authenticate humans. When you see the word authenticate in anything related to technology and communications, what that means is they're going to make sure they know who you are, when you're online, who you're chatting with, and so they're, in quotes, saving you from the bots. They actually talk about this mission to stop the spam bots, so in order to do that, they've got to know who you are. So on the one side, they say they're going to give you free speech. On the other side, what they're not telling you is, in order to give you that free speech, we have to take away all of your privacy rights. And so in the same announcement, they've done both and they put out the propaganda on the free speech part, which has got almost everyone singing Elon Musk's praises and thinking he's changed his stripes. But there is absolutely no way that that is what's going on here. Data is the new money. The rise of big tech can be correlated to the legislative and technological developments created for achieving total information awareness in the wake of the 2001 Patriot Act and the 2007 Protect America Act, which directly enabled NSA's PRISM surveillance program. Facebook, Google and other big tech companies were funded through CIA incubators, like InQtel and the Highlands Forum. Social media was always intended to be a form of privatised intelligence gathering to enable intelligence agencies and law enforcement to circumvent constitutional law to spy on platform users. These Silicon Valley data mining and social engineering platforms have since grown to have the greatest market capitalizations of all other corporations on earth. With Saudi Arabia vowing to go green, US-sanctioned countries circumventing the petrodollar, the UN's Agenda 21 and many European jurisdictions planning to phase out gasoline engines in the next few years, it's clear that the age of invading oil-rich countries to control their resources has come to an end, and with it the petrodollar and the second-generation warfare that dominated that era. As the US dollar collapses, there's a rush to roll out 5G and the IoT, which will be necessary for the global currency reset, GCR, and the full implementation of the central bank digital currencies, CBDC, which may help explain the insane antics we have witnessed to force vax the world's population, being that there's a lot of evidence that the magic juice contains nanocircuitry to create MAC addresses within the bodies of the VAX that are in turn connected to the IOB. So the IOT is Internet of Things, the IOB is Internet of Bodies. 
The same way the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, has skirted safety laws around wireless technology and how the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Corp, FISA, has been used to compel all big data corporations to supply the NSA with their user data, with 98% of PRISM production being based on Yahoo, Google and Microsoft in 2013, governments around the world and Big Pharma have similarly flouted all laws to force vax the planet. The military-industrial complex has moved on to bio-warfare and to fifth-generation warfare, which is conducted primarily through social engineering, misinformation, cyber attacks, along with emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and fully autonomous systems. Presumably, this means the rest of our lives will be characterised by the aggressive propaganda and censorship under which we have laboured for the past several years. The globalists will need to dominate the next era by controlling all of the data, hence the IoT stroke IOB, where everything and everyone will become a node on the network and where wrong think in your tweets will torpedo your social credit score, something that is already a fact of life in communist China. Garbage in, garbage out, Ministry of Truth. Enter the Department of Homeland Security, which was enacted shortly after the Patriot Act and which is currently headed by Alejandro Mayorkas, who last Wednesday announced the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board. This new Ministry of Truth is to be headed up by Nina Yankovic, an extreme DNC partisan who has worked with the Atlantic Council, the Ukrainian government and with British intelligence and who has referred to Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation. In other words, Yankovic is connected to the same group of Crown agents that did the Russia hoax and fake impeachment against Trump and who have now driven us to the precipice of a nuclear war with Russia. Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert tweeted on Saturday, the Ministry of Truth was placed under DHS, not the FCC, but DHS. You only do that if you plan on having an enforcement component. On Sunday, Mayorkas carpet-bombing the media with appearances in which he channeled George Orwell, claiming his new department was the opposite of the Ministry of Truth and that Yankovic was eminently qualified and neutral and that his disinformation governance board would not spy on Americans. Nobody believes him because the government has been spying on our every move for years and because Covid hoax has been railroading us into the China model of contact tracing and social credit since the very beginning, because two weeks to flatten the curve. Mayorkas also controls US Customs and Border Protection, and he is systematically doing everything in his power to undermine his department's mission by allowing millions of illegal immigrants, criminals and terrorists to cross the southern border. Who knows, some of them may be blowing up our food processing facilities, another one of which burnt down in Virginia on Saturday night. One begins to understand why newspapers and TV truly are the dinosaur media. While their one-way data flows of fake news may have some propagandistic utility, their low interactivity and low correlation with reality create a garbage-in, garbage-out dissonance which interferes with the project to construct a digital facsimile of everything on this planet and beyond, aka the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, 
the global information grid and all of the machine learning and 5G necessary to drive Elon's Tesla autonomous vehicles and to provide human enhancement via Elon's Neuralink brain implants. Is this why Elon is trying to corral the distortions caused by censorship and propaganda? So a lot of interesting information in that, which really goes back into the history of these tech giants. And I don't know if you saw the movie Social Media, which was the story, supposed story, of how Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. But, you know, is it really believable that, you know, some nerd in a in a Harvard room should come up with such a powerful platform as Facebook? I don't think so. More propaganda. Okay, so let's move on to Durham. And the Blaze reports, Durham wins legal battle to unveil Hillary Clinton Fusion GPS documents previously kept secret under attorney-client privilege claims. This was published on the 5th. U.S. Special Counsel John Durham won a legal victory this week when a judge presiding over his case against cybersecurity lawyer Michael Sussman ruled that some Hillary Clinton Fusion GBS documents previously kept secret under attorney-client privilege assertions can be revealed in court. The documents, Durham argued, are crucial in building his case against Sussman, a former Perkins Coy partner, accused of lying to the FBI when presenting alleged evidence connecting then-presidential candidate Donald Trump's campaign to the Kremlin-connected Alpha Bank. The documents, Durham argued, are crucial in building his case against Sussman, a former Perkins Coy partner, accused of lying to the FBI when presenting alleged evidence connecting then-presidential candidate Donald Trump's campaign to the Kremlin-connected Alpha Bank. At the time, Sussman presented the evidence to FBI lawyer James Baker. He claimed that he was acting as a private citizen and not on behalf of any client, but billing records later showed that Sussman had charged the time to Clinton's campaign. Durham is seeking to prove that Sussman was indeed secretly acting on behalf of the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign when he fabricated allegations against the Trump campaign alleging collusion with Russia. In court, Durham argued that the CIA determined Sussman's purported evidence against Trump was not technically plausible, did not withstand technical scrutiny, and appeared to be user-created and not machine-stroke tool-generated. The Washington Examiner reported Wednesday that Judge Christopher Cooper agreed to grant Durham's motion, arguing he did not believe it was breaking attorney-client privilege for him to review the documents in question in an in-camera setting or away from the public and the media. Legal blogger Technofog appeared to confirm the ruling uploading purported court documents. The documents reportedly contain redacted communications between the DNC, Hillary for America, the Fusion GPS research company and Perkins Coy law firm where Sussman worked. Key to Cooper's ruling was the difference between hiring a firm lawyer to conduct fact-checking versus hiring it to do opposition research, the examiner reported. Hillary for America, the DNC and Perkins Coy have claimed that the records should be kept sealed under attorney-client privilege, 
since they hired Fusion GPS to simply provide legal services. But Durham has argued that Fusion GPS's work went far beyond legal services to engage in out-and-out opposition research against the Trump campaign. The court is set to review only 38 of 1,500 documents over which the defendants have asserted privilege, but the prosecution said others may be requested for introduction in future trials. Interesting. More indictments on the way. The ruling clearly rankled the defendants' legal teams. Clinton campaign lawyer Robert Trout argued the government displayed an erroneously cramped view of privilege, calling it a false choice to say something is either opposition research or covered by privilege. Sussman's lawyer, Sean Berkovich, lamented that the government charged a case with attorneys and privilege all over the place and claimed the judge's ruling could have a ripple effect that may end up calling thousands of documents into question. So obviously they're all panicking because it's getting closer and closer to Hillary Clinton, the DNC, even Obama, because obviously he was in the know about all of this. So, um, you know, we're going to see more panic-stricken moves. And, you know, a lot of what we're seeing in the news at the moment is obviously meant to be a distraction from what's going on with Durham, um, the economy, the 2000 mules revelations, and also the latest Pfizer drops, which is basically showing that the um, vaccine, so-called, is ineffectual and the, it drops to like 12% effectiveness within a week, if it was even effective at all. And it's also highlighting that um, there weren't any safety tests done for use in pregnant women or even breastfeeding women. In fact, it states the opposite. I haven't gone into detail in this, but people have been reporting about this. And we've already seen so many VAERS reports about miscarriages and um, stillborn babies and so on. It is horrific. And, you know, these people that have been pushing this, they have to face justice similar to Nuremberg. And um, this should have been stopped right from the beginning as soon as, the, well, even during the testing period there were 1200 deaths that's unprecedented in allowing something to be released for for any use let alone emergency use with that number of deaths so these people are just evil so on that subject we've also got something from resist the mainstream former fbi intel chief clinton campaign just made stuff up about trump stroke russia this was published today a former head of fbi intelligence says that the clinton campaign just made stuff up about former president donald trump in 2016 to paint him as a russian asset retired assistant director for intelligence kevin brock is a vocal critic of the FBI's handling of allegations that Trump colluded with Russian agents to influ influence the 2016 election. In a Wednesday appearance on Just the News, Not Noise, Brock said that evidence discovered in special counsel John Durham's investigation shows that former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's campaign, Not Trump's, used contrived disinformation to mislead voters. This is more than just political dirty tricks, Brock said. P 
Political dirty tricks usually have some foundation in truth, but they just made stuff up. Durham's team of prosecutors are wrapping up preparations for a trial against former Perkins Coy attorney Michael Sussman, who was charged with lying to the FBI about representing the Clinton campaign when he approached then-FBI special counsel James Baker in 2016 with later debunked evidence of a back channel between the Trump organization and Russia's Alpha Bank. Durham has released a trove of information about the origins of the Alpha Bank claims in recent court filings preparing for the Sussman trial. One of Durham's filings revealed that the CIA had examined what Sussman presented to Baker and concluded that some of the information was not technically plausible and was user-created. Prosecutors said in a filing, for example, while the FBI did not reach an ultimate conclusion regarding the data's accuracy or whether it might have been in whole or in part genuine, spoofed, altered or fabricated, Agency 2 concluded in early 2017 that the Russian Bank 1 data and Russian phone provider 1 data was not technically plausible, did not withstand technical scrutiny, contained gaps, conflicted with itself and was user-created and not machine-stroke tool-generated. The Special Counsel's Office has not reached a definitive conclusion in this regard. This is the way disinformation is really exposed, not by some contrived government agency, but by evidence presented in court that gets at the truth of, of what happened, Brock said. Referring to recent court filings in the Sussman case, what Durham is methodically doing is laying out a case that the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democrat Party, used contrived disinformation in a conspiracy, in a conspiratorial way, to deceive the American voter ahead of the election. This is much more than an attorney for the Clinton campaign lying to the FBI, said Brock. He is using this charge to expose a larger story, a larger narrative, and bring it on. We can't wait, can we? We really want to see Hillary and co. face justice and all the other co-conspirators as well. So Biden, the hero of unifying the country, <laughs> has been up to his usual tricks and uh, was claiming that the MAGA crowd are the most extreme political organisation that's existed, which is interesting if you um, contrast with Antifa and BLM and even the Ku Klux Klan, which was created by the Democrats way back when. So... Uh, Trump responded to this. Epoch Times reports MAGA is saving America. Trump in response to Biden's criticism. Former President Donald Trump criticized President Joe Biden for being very divisive when he referred to the MAGA crowd as the most extreme political organization that's existed in recent American history. MAGA is saving America, Trump told Fox News Digital on May 5th. Our country is going to hell. MAGA is saving America. Inflation, incompetent withdrawals from Afghanistan, leaving hostages horribly wounded, soldiers, $85 billion of military equipment. MAGA is saving America, Trump added, before adding that the United States is no longer respected throughout the world. The former president also said the Ukraine war should have never happened since Russia would have never gone into Ukraine under his leadership. 
Biden's criticism of MAGA took place on May 4th during his speech on the U.S. economy. He slammed MAGA while responding to the issue of abortion, which would be decided by state governments if the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision was overturned as suggested by the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion. What happens if you have a state changes the law saying that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way the decision is written, Biden said? What are the next things that are going to be attacked, Biden asked. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. Representative Claudia Tenney from New York, Republican, writing on Twitter on May 5th, responded to Biden's criticism of MAGA. Joe Biden thinks MAGA is extreme, Tenney asked, before listing several of Biden's policies that she considers extreme, including reckless spending and soaring inflation, open border policies and unconstitutional vaccine mandates. She added, we know who the real extremists are. After Biden's speech, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Biden has been struck by the influence that Trump holds over the Republican Party. He's been struck by the hold his predecessor seems to have on far too many members, not all, but far too many members of the party, Psaki said. In April, Biden also criticised the Republican Party, saying that the GOP ain't your father's Republican Party and a MAGA party. Asked about the Biden's MAGA party comment, Trump said, I hope so, I hope so. He, Biden, is being very divisive, but it is more than that. It is all misinformation, just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and all of the hoaxes, Trump added. That's what they're good at. And uh, somebody in comments says Biden sounds somewhat like Hillary in 2016 with petty name calling uh, when she called all the Trump supporters deplorables. Now, as I've got time left, the last thing I want to cover is um, this article from America Out Loud. It was published on May the 4th and the title is Biden handing over U.S. sovereignty to who? the World Health Organization. And I've seen reports on this and I really feel that people need to be aware of this because this really is a treasonous act if Biden does this. Um, the article says, please take seriously the severity of this existential threat to everything free people hold dear. Do everything in your power to pass this report on to others and to find ways to communicate with and to influence people to stop empowering who to take over our national sovereignty and freedom. On May 27th to the 28th, 2022, ultimate control over America's healthcare system and hence its national sovereignty will be delivered for a vote to the World Health Organization's governing legislative body, the World Health Assembly, WHA. This threat is contained in new amendments to WHO's international health regulations proposed by the Biden administration that are scheduled as Provisional Agenda Item 16.2 at the upcoming conference on May 22nd to 28th, 2022. 
These amendments will empower WHO's Director-General to declare health emergencies or crises in any nation and to do so unilaterally and against the opposition of the target nation. The Director-General will be able to declare these health crises based merely on his personal opinion or consideration that there is a potential or possible threat to other nations. If passed, the Biden administration's proposed amendments will, by their very existence and their intention, drastically compromise the independence and the sovereignty of the United States. The same threat looms over all the UN's 193 member nations, all of whom belong to WHO and represent 99.44% of the world population. If you remember, just as an aside, Trump took us out of the WHO because he realized um, this was another organization that was bound to this great reset plan. Anyway, continuing. These regulations are a binding instrument of international law entered into force on 15th of June 2007. UN member states can be required by law to obey or acquiesce to them. How it became official. On January 18th, 2022, with no public awareness, officials from the Biden administration sent the World Health Organization these extensive amendments to strengthen WHO's ability to unilaterally intervene into the affairs of nations merely suspected of having a health emergency of possible concern to other nations. The US amendments cross out a critical existing restriction in the regulations. Who shall consult with and attempt to obtain verification from the state party in whose territory the event is allegedly occurring? By eliminating that and other clauses, all the shackles will be removed from the Director General of WHO, enabling him to declare health emergencies at will. The amendments would give the WHO the right to take important steps to collaborate with other nations and other organisations worldwide to deal with any nation's alleged health crisis even against its stated wishes. The power to declare health emergencies is a potential tool to shame, intimidate and dominate nations. It can be used to justify ostracism and economic or financial actions against the targeted nation by other nations aligned with who or who wish to harm and control the accused nation. Although sponsored by an American administration, whose most significant use of this arbitrary authority to declare national emergencies will be used against the United States if our government ever again dares to take anti-globalist stands as it did under the Trump administration. And I don't have time to read the rest of the article, but um, this, if it goes through, is going to be, well, it's completely treasonous, anti-constitutional. I mean, words fail me, really, as I'm sure they'll probably fail you again at this attempt to hand over sovereignty to the World Health Organization, which has been using the pandemic to move frog marchers closer to this great reset. So, white hats, we need to get some action here and take this country back and take the world back because this is global. So, um, I know I've kind of ended on a negative note. Um, 
we are in pretty dire times at the moment and you know i was watching some very uplifting videos on youtube um which really made me recognize the contrast between you know the years gone by and what we're living through at the moment but we've got to be tough we've got to keep our faith in a positive outcome from all of this and recognize that this is waking people up in droves and you know i do concede uh, or agree that it had to be this way i know it's we're going through hell <laughs> you know the song if you're going through hell keep on moving anyway that's all i have time for today i hope you found the show interesting if not enjoyable and I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show. I'm not sure if I'll be doing this week's uh, Wednesday show and maybe not even Saturday. I'll have to see because um, it may be my week to move back up to Colorado for the summer. But uh, we'll see. So just a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, Empowered Manifestation. Thank you to Nancy for producing and also to Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio and take a look at his website, mysticalwares.com. So stay safe, be well and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Reality Radio. We appreciate your support. Please visit our sponsor at mysticalwares.com for our huge selection of metaphysical products, gifts, candles, incense, and one of the largest Shungite collections available. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order at mysticalwares.com.